0: Welcome to Gaia Rising, an exploration of human healing and evolution through storytelling. Welcome everybody to another episode of Gaia Rising podcast. I'm joined here today by my brother Coda. Coda and I met back in Arcadia just a couple weeks ago. Uh, had some a mutual friend and then had this super epic dance off on the dance floor and <laughs> immediately just knew this was like a new soul brother yeah. and we've had the last week or so to really have these really deep drop-ins conversations and this conversation is just kind of an extension of that you know i invited you and in, code at a To kind of share some of your life journey and some of your medicine, and I'm really excited to have you in this. So, thank you.
1: Yeah, looking forward to uh, navigating the terrain. And Mm I think there's some shared threads from our pasts that mm, upbringings and yeah, topics to discuss. Mm -hmm. So, I hope that uh, there's some some pieces here that could help others as they sift through these these uh, areas of the culture and mm-hmm. spirituality and, and life and hopefully have some insight into how we might be of of deeper service to those mm-hmm. around us
0: mm-hmm. so yeah. i actually wanted to before we got too into it i wanted mm-hmm. to take a, a moment just to ask the question what was your first connection with The divine with God with Spirit. Can you remember?
1: Yeah. So I was born uh, Catholic, Mm -hmm. uh, Italian American family, and Mm -hmm. I was, you know, every altar boy. uh, I was a a sacristan, and and Mm I actually did a semester at the seminary, and was really in that path. Being the second son, so first son inherits all the stuff. Second son goes to the priesthood. This is the historic sense that we've forgotten, but still plays out sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so that was was my foundation. And we would play rosary football. Mm-hmm. So what, that was my dad's way of getting us to pray the rosary on Fridays. You could play football together with all the kids if you play, came to the rosary thing. And mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, Praying the rosary? Yeah. yeah. And, and there were times where they started to, to, to fire and wire together. The experiences of, of the routine and the structure of the, the, the different readings... I would go deeper into the story again and again, mm-hmm. and thread it together more clearly. And then I'd be out playing football, touch football with my friends, and having all these group catharsis experiences, peak experiences, and they started to, like, time started to overlap. I'd have the mm-hmm. deja vu when I'm reading and praying the rosary, then I'd feel like I'm playing football. And then I'd be playing football, mm-hmm. i feel like I'm playing rosary. And then I started to realize more and more how it was one and the same. And, the, and I started to abstract time into the moment and the resonance as a eight-year-old, wow. <laughs> so I got church, like, I got institutional religion, and I was just like, 100%, this is the true water, let's go. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was something to these words, and there's something to this gathering of people who are t- using this thing called faith. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand what it was, but it, I understood that it was just believe and see. Mm-hmm. And I was able to like, all right, I'm, I'm believing, mm-hmm. and then I was like, all right, I'm seeing something, I'm feeling something, mm-hmm. so, and and it was just this, like I was into the the, the church itself was, there it was the old chapel from the late 1700s, in this small Long Green Valley Maryland town, and the, the new church they built in the 1960s, and my family's farm less than a mile away,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I knew because my father told me that the pond on our farms on the property was the original quarry for the stones the original chapel wow. so I'm having all these connections and, and we did rosary football in that little chapel as opposed to in the big church wow. so I'm having all these connections like oh I'm in the big church but I'm also in the real real
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that real real is also rooted in my house mm-hmm. and it's also the same area that we go camping behind the pond is where they used to stack the rocks and I'm all, being all of the, threading all these pieces of history like I am supposed I mean where I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. um so I, the rapture was in the increasing awareness of how interconnected all of these moments are, mm-hmm. and how it's just the one moment. Um, and I was, mm-hmm. I wasn't really equipped to articulate that then, but I was feeling it. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had more strict religious households than mine, uh, than ours growing up, and I had those friends who were even more strict and more deep in, in the in the in the church and. I got that, and then I had the mm-hmm. kind of hippie rebellious parents and their kids who were a little wild, and I got that, and I was I was aware that it was the same, and I was friends with both of them because mm-hmm. I felt they were the same to me. They were both tapped in, yeah. um, just different formulas. Yeah. So I was, I was aware of that as a kid.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, and that's what a fitting early life, you know, life experience for you to have as somebody who has, I know, has continued to be that bridge between all the different forms of God. Yeah, and I'd love to hear a little more about how that evolved, you know, to who you, how you understand God now, how you, your relationship with mm-hmm. Christianity and the church now, you know, from that eight-year-old self to now, what would you say?
1: Yeah. What's changed? So uh, I was... Interested primarily in the Catholic technology because it worked,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and while the institutions have flaws because institutions are scaled expressions of humans who are flawed by definition, mm-hmm. it was I understood that the, the the negative observations around the perimeters of the institutions weren't the intent. And there's always reconciliation, reintegration available, Mm -hmm. and the overwhelming positive impact was important. Now, so I never became, I never would um, disavowed it Mm -hmm. when I learned more about the the political Mm -hmm. around it. Um, But I did uh, study Islam, uh, study the Torah, study Theravada and Mahayana Buddhism. Mm-hmm. and uh, studied Zen and studied several indigenous or First Nations spiritualities mm-hmm. and assessed the cultural context and then the cultural function of those narratives designed by humans to create culture
2: mm-hmm.
1: where we're pointing at the same equanimity and divine truth Mm -hmm. but we're using different words because the words inform how other how the people who aren't specializing in this Mm -hmm. think about everyday ethics Mm -hmm. so and i i I saw that catholic and christian more broadly served a coherence globally across Mm -hmm. cultural diversity christianity specifically it's you look at a brand like Apple. That, that new technologies and apps pop up, and then they brand them in Apple, and they bring them into the Apple ecosystem, and it thrives. Mm-hmm. Christianity did that. As the empire, the Roman empires, and other would expanded, they related to the local cultures, the local spirituality, the local deities, and then they essentially Christianized them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One read is colonization, extraction, control. Mm-hmm. Another read is we hear you and respect you and we're saying the same thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. let's just tune in so we're in the same key mm-hmm. so there, there's a benevolent read and then there's a dissonant read
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and they're both true simultaneously mm-hmm. so I yeah was comfortable expanding my awareness and holding the polarity of, of good bad and the relativity of the perspective of the people we're talking about mm-hmm. while expanding my awareness so Mm-hmm. I enjoyed I enjoyed studying uh different theologies um very deeply and, and I think it's allowed me to be very open-minded mm-hmm. when I travel the world mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and relate to people in these in these other religions mm-hmm. yeah and and then just for clarity like, I I I feel I think I said this the other day if I'm fully in compliance with Christianity
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yet um I don't feel motivated to announce that in language mm-hmm. because my actions will answer all you need to answer, mm-hmm. and it's and I feel like many uh, Jewish friends will feel that I'm in their tradition. And then I've, when mm-hmm. I was in the UAE and and in Saudi Arabia, people thought I was following Islam because I I, I just am in the etiquette respect and civility. Mm-hmm. That was the goal of the religion to, to install and uphold.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Connected with source, with God. Yes. spirit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's where you're at now. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. What a journey. Yeah. And, and I think
1: critical for the unchurched generation navigating spiritual topics. Mm-hmm. Because it's great to go to Bali or Costa Rica or Hawaii and find spirituality in, mm-hmm. in these diluted forms of, of yoga and tantra and meditation but those have theological architecture
2: mm-hmm.
1: that they're embedded within mm-hmm. that is really critical to being in relation to those technologies mm-hmm. and great that you try a sip of this like, watered down expression of it and it, tastes, it feels resonant Mm-hmm. the invitations there to go in mm-hmm. and also to wonder why are you going away from the 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 route you were raised in mm-hmm. so there's there's a, there's a lot i think that when we look metaphorically at uh, uh religion and being in a church is similar to being financially healthy and being in a bank mm mm-hmm. mhm right mhm uh, and there's just there's less conviction, in my opinion, and force, and utility behind being in uh, like if, if being in a, like a neo religion with no real structure and authority and and, and specialization in the deep questions. Mm-hmm. So you're it's almost like you're, you're the blind leading the blind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll stop. I'll stop the ramble at that point.
0: No, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> I'm totally following yeah. <laughs> you, and I, this is yeah. such an important issue. Yeah, because you're, we are talking about yeah the the gen we are part of the generation that is spiritual but not religious like that whole that whole title has like taken over the demographic of our generation yeah and this thing that you're bringing up is like the the ecosystem that these teachings come from the structures are really important check and balance and it's like this is the duality yeah. like it's important and they can be inhibitive mm-hmm. if you're too rigid in one of them right yeah. so that's been my journey so like how do we Pick and choose what works for us and mold our, our own little religion or like mm-hmm. spiritual practice, while still maintaining the proper interpretation, perspe- perception, and groundedness yeah. within that tradition. That's still aligned with what we know to be God. Yeah, I would. We. Yeah, I, I
1: would put. I would say we position neo religious institutions with a bridge to their roots, like mm-hmm. it's intergenerational connectivity that is important. So it's great that we're having new churches formed, but as long as someone in the authority or source or, 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 or leadership there, or whatever that looks like, has a relationship to the source material that mm-hmm. comes out of a, a set of other fellow students mm-hmm. who have been studying for generations, you know, I, I know your sources
0: and honor them and look at others who have been honoring them for generations to the best of their ability. Yeah, and that's a relationship. A lot of these things I feel like it's it's a relationship to the living tradition as expressed in individuals who yeah. we are connected with, who we are in relation with. These aren't just these esoteric like, you know, intellectual philosophical concepts. Like we're talking about like chopping wood and carrying water like the practices we're using. The ways we're operating in the world trying to make sense of all this and not trying to you know we're not I, i'm not trying to step beyond my own experience and subjective yeah. reality i'm i'm just saying like and that's i think getting back into the felt sense the heart the intuition mm. you know reining that in um and i think especially in in this age like as we're seeing all these technologies emerge mm-hmm. all these views you know we have access, like never before in human history have we had access to all this information and all yeah. these tools at once and you know there's these prophecies you know like down in the Andes they talk about the eagle and the condor, the prophecy of the north and the south you know, the the colonizers and the colonized like coming together actually uh, and the mind you know there's so many different interpretations of this but the mind and the body yeah. the masculine and the feminine merging yeah and as we Participate in this as we like do this work within ourselves and collectively. Yeah, I do think there is like what you're speaking of. There, there is a real space for. I mean, we're we're on the cutting edge of evolution for sure. in terms we're, of human. We're unmapped it. territory on our maps. Yeah, this is it. But there are principles and there are structures and there are traditions like that we're coming back to, just like mm-hmm. Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Like going gone to Oz. Bali and like deep in the jungles and the plant medicine coming back to the structures that we are from you know as like western European immigrants Mm -hmm. who like moved here however many generations ago Mm -hmm. Um, and even connecting with our own so with our Christian roots and our own indigenous roots Mm -hmm. you know coming from Europe that all of that is just so potent Mm. you know in my personal experience as well And bringing it back into the rootedness. And I kind of wanted to go here a little bit with you because we've been talking a lot about this, but the rootedness of Christ, of the Christ consciousness, being able to to be deep, let's say, in the jungles of the Amazon, sitting with, you know, ayahuasca, let's say, or or being in like a, you know, Mm Sundance. I know you're, I'd love to hear a little more of that experience from you. But, you know, deep in these, deep in the earth medicine, carrying Father God within us. Sure. Can you speak a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah,
1: sure. I, I think that the context here, imagine, so so I, for, I spent time in the jungle, I did a, a month with the Ashaninka, and again with the Yawa Nawa, their sacred village, and then and I came out uh, with an invitation to dance with the Lakota, and their sun dance, which is it's a four-year commitment on the Camino Rojo, the Red Path, which is a men's initiation into adulthood. Historically, it was where war, warriors were developed Um, and we can get into the what that actually is but if you're imagine you're an Ashaninka and you're in the Amazon and they're in this whole system and they're stewarding the biodiversity they're talking about not just the water systems of the irrigation of the soil the terroir of the the soil in the Amazon but also the irrigation and the water systems in the air Mm. and the density of the canopy Mm-hmm. And then and the the inventory of biodiversity that allows water to flow in the air in certain irrigation mm-hmm. patterns. So mm-hmm. in some ways even more advanced than we are today with mm-hmm. our agriculture
0: practices. That connection with the feminine though with the earth very that's rooted missing in Christianity yes. in my experience. Yes. So yeah, this this future. culture
1: inward focused. The family is biodiverse, not just Homo sapien, and their spirituality is cosmic, and they talk mm-hmm. about their brothers from the stars and their 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 brothers and sisters in the plants and they work with them in relationship. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Spanish Christians and Catholics and Jesuits who were so on fire with the having trained Christ consciousness having understood what group coherence is and emergent intelligence and being able to speak from Christ consciousness as a group about mm-hmm. truth and then refine one another's ontology in word yeah. and yeah. having these ceremonial technologies and, and it's such mm-hmm. a a, a language-based, preaching-based uh, a transmission that then they want to share the good news mm-hmm. and now they're coming out and there's, there's another tailwind generated by imperialism and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and commercialization and resources and American Dream and gold and furs and mm-hmm. so there's this other fuel in the fire, but the main fire was pure intent and, and Christ consciousness yeah. and they wanted to share that so this, this act of love is, is coming and they're, they're on the ships and they arrive, the, the Jesuit coming into the jungle with vestments and, and the cross, the cross of, of Kairos and Kronos, talking about Christ consciousness and divinity, the same geometry, so the ontology is actually very compatible, mm-hmm. but the expression of the vestments of the European, it just seemed like a demon was coming in the jungle. To tell us about source, yeah. and then and then to the Spanish, it seemed like these savage, these mm-hmm. wild human animals mm-hmm. with their plants and mm-hmm. their their technologies we don't understand around psychology, like that they're worshiping the devil. Yeah, so like
0: both sides saw each other as kind of the devil
1: and the car- or or a friend, yeah, depending on the interaction. The concept of the devil and what. Lucifer, light, right, mm-hmm. is bringing awareness to non-dualism, b- bring awareness to bias, consciousness, and unconsciousness, and that, as a in a Gnostic sense, wasn't morally wrong. It was just um, was it, impactful. So I wouldn't. I would almost said dangerous. It's it's just impactful to have more awareness mm-hmm. because there's then more confusion and or um, more uh, conviction in action mm-hmm. because there's more awareness there's more power or impact mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. influence so, so it, 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 when we don't need more impact if we are connected we can just be and that's enough mm-hmm. so the seeking of more light and more awareness in some sense can become um, a consideration so, so it, it was simplified as bad, devil bad but that I, really isn't the source material. When you go into the, the text, like the devil isn't really accurate to Lucifer. That's more of a, a Moloch concept we can unpack if, if it's interesting. But just bringing this, these two systems into contact and not, and not having the nervous systems and the psychology of the individuals open enough to relate without fear caused fear to define the relationship. Mm-hmm. finite game I'm right you're wrong mm-hmm. right therefore you must convert mm-hmm. or die mm-hmm. and humans so far away from the spiritual authorities and the immediate feedback loops of being in church and, and communicating yeah. they're across the ocean taking a year to send a message yeah these leaders uh-huh. so fear expressed yeah and it expressed and institutionalized and domination mm-hmm.
0: yeah so it's
1: it's the road to hell was paved with good intentions and always has been. Mm-hmm. So so that, I think, is a big part of the humanness and the infrastructure, which now that we have instantaneous real-time con- connection mm-hmm. with with precision, language, and, and, and media, and telecommunications, mm-hmm. we don't need to repeat that. Mm-hmm. We don't need to command and control when we meet something new and potentially yeah. threatening Yeah. or potentially collaborative
0: and can we break that pattern because this is the same thing these patterns continue to reappear no matter what the structure and i and noticing first of all for me i'll speak for myself like noticing them in myself getting caught into duality and into thinking my perception of something is the way you know that this one size fits all and you're yeah i'm right you're wrong blah blah blah. like that that pattern yeah has no more use yes
1: Uh, I, well, look at what it shows up in subtle unconscious bias with, and I don't want to like position in some kind of identitarian political spectrum of left right. Um, I don't participate in that, and I and I can go in, into depth as to why well, we, that we is. We see it,
0: what we're yeah. talking about. We see it on both. Yes, sides,
1: yeah. yeah, we do see it on both sides. What the the metaphor I want to create here is, in spiritual communities, you see a trend towards blonde hair, blue eyed whiteness. Mm-hmm. And uh, material abundance as somehow more spiritually refined, and and uh, a spiritual elitism It's almost emerging. like Aryanism. Exactly. All over again. So so mm-hmm. that and that's coming because of the same unintegrated yeah. um, consciousness around diversity yeah. and ideological diversity, ontological mm-hmm. diversity, uh, and then values diversity, because mm-hmm. we've lost. We've atrophied the ability to be in communication and love mm-hmm. with people who have different values, so mm-hmm. which is
0: actually the refinement we need. Yeah, we all need for each other to yeah. sharpen each other's light. We need to hear those who don't agree with us, who are in alignment with their integrity with God, yeah. and we feel them in that. So important. Sorry, it, no, it's exactly true.
1: It's exactly true, and and there's so many codes and keys that could value uh, provide value to each of our maps by Mm -hmm. relating to right and having a a, a trustful offering of content Mm -hmm. between the two parties Um, but that doesn't happen because we think that person's out of tune or out of resonance and it doesn't happen if we think that Mm -hmm. if we think that (laughs) um, or when we thought because we're changing it right for sure for sure Uh, and and this is an amazing time to be alive Mm -hmm. so I wonder if uh, the the frame of of ceremonial plant medicines is, is a useful uh, point to, to, to go into. With, go for it, right. Because, yeah, my father yeah. is very religious. And it turned out that when I was in with the Huijarica, which is a peyote circle, um, the last peyote guardians mm-hmm. um, who actually were in the mountains and long distance running, microdosing peyote, running barefoot while the Spanish came mm-hmm. into the lowlands and survived for thousands of years. Um, in this very healthy, very vital and ceremonial and sacred technology of mm-hmm. Wiharika. So I'm studying with them. It's my first real serious uh, sacred container around plant medicine, though I have had intentional containers before. Mm-hmm. This is an indigenous container. Um, this is maybe eight years ago or maybe, maybe like a decade ago. I don't know. And uh, the land that it was held was less than about a mile from my family's farm
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was living in Baltimore city and my family's farm is North. So the morning after, you know, why don't I go and visit my, my folks on Sunday morning, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and they just got back from church and it was, I was describing, uh, what I had done the night before to them. You know, my father just w- without me having used the word, he, he gets it. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, Oh, I just went to church.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, in response to me describing the ceremony we had I'm
0: saying he just went to church oh I just went to church and yeah. I and
1: and and what I experienced and what he got from my share was that I had gone to church mm-hmm. and gone to this amazing church and I was uh, sharing what the insights that I had experienced and despite him being very much in in Catholicism, he got that that was my church mm-hmm. and that I was going on a walkabout and looking at different different um organized religions to to, to worship with. Mm-hmm. And and then and in that moment he felt um, at ease the first time in years in the relationship because he had been a little concerned that I had lost a spiritual community and was mm-hmm. floundering um, in in the intellectualization of all these different theologies yeah. and traveling the world and whatnot. And he was a little worried. Yeah. Um, he knew it was like I had my head on me, but he was a little bit concerned. And then when I, when I shared that and he felt the energy of, of that experience, he's, he, it was almost a, my son is, is, is okay. Mm-hmm. you know? A son who I thought was going to be a priest, who then I thought was going to be a lawyer. And, and, then, and then he started traveling and I kind of lost him there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just kind of white knuckling the relationship. Like, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> I'm scared, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Um, and then it was the first moment where he was like, we're both back in church.
0: I want to I want to I wanna stop and just recognize this yeah. too because I I know we're both deep in the men's work yeah. community as well, and I I think this is touching on another aspect of all of this that I, I think is very connected to all of it, which is healing the masculine. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all carrying generations of this. Trauma as like oppressors, you know, mm-hmm. and like mistreating the feminine within ourselves, with the women, with the earth, with, you know, all the feminine around us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been way out of balance, way out of whack. And we see this in the church, you know, especially. Yeah, And going on this journey, which both of us have gone on of leaving our father's house, mm-hmm. the church, the patriarchy, mm-hmm. the this father God worship and going to the mother, going mm-hmm. to the earth and learning from yeah. all of the worship of the mother. Yeah. And as we've been mentioning, I think that, you know, these same patterns of light and dark yeah. exist yeah. in both worlds. Mm-hmm. This is the yin and yang, you know, but, but I think it's beautiful to have gone through all these initiations, all these, you know, and continue to be going through these, mm-hmm. these expansions into the waters, into the feminine, mm-hmm. and then coming full circle back to your father's home. hmm. Really? And having that moment where, like, you meet, and he feels you, which is that is a, that's a very feminine sense, and it's that's that's where we can meet, and our minds may have different perceptions of what truth is, mm-hmm. but the felt sense of like this person is in God. I look into their eyes, and I feel this with you, which is why we're mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel your integrity, I feel your rootedness, I feel your compassion, and and your. You are connected to love and to God. Mm. Yeah, and whatever words you know we want to use and in maps we want to share around that mm. is great. But like it's it's lived. Yeah, and I think coming back to again to this to the sun going out and really like I, I think it's almost a a journey to, to gather more tools and more teachings and more more things to bring home actually to help the world evolve and to face all of the you know the crazy storms that are coming our way yeah. and to show up and when the father and son finally can unite and bring their power together in mutual respect when the eagle and the condor when the earth and the mm-hmm. you know sky worship can come together and when different yeah the diversity you're talking about this isn't just within father-son relationships the women, yeah, you know, the all nations, all yeah. skin colors, for sure, all languages. When we can all come together in these ways, that's when we can really change the world. And it's starting with our relationship with, for me, the person who I once considered my greatest oppressor, you know, mm-hmm. and like the one I would blame for mm-hmm. everything—the patriarchy, mm-hmm. the toxic masculine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever else—and so this is a really beautiful. Uh, sh- I appreciate your share, and I think it's. It's fitting that like now is the time, you know, as we exist in these male white bodies to be going out and being courageous and and trusting our instincts and and listening and opening and learning uh, and then bringing that home and integrating it and not leaving our father's house. Hundred percent. Not leaving our culture and like bringing the medicine. hundred yeah. percent.
1: Yeah, that that insight from actually Jamie Wheel's book, Recapture the Rapture, mm-hmm. got some key. So as a, I was essentially an anti-authoritarian in my early twenties, I was, authority has lost its connection to people. People have more expertise on how to govern themselves than these legacy institutional structures, and mm-hmm. we should have bottom-up governance. And, and mm-hmm. I was an advocate for like grassroots lobbying, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly in homelessness and mental health services, and then some other issues around work and labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, I built businesses in those ethos, cooperatives, and then some technology companies. Um, but as I started to encounter Recapture the Rapture and Jamie Wheel's work that I, I work with now, mm-hmm. the Flow Genome Project, um, with corporate engagements, we uh, started the peace per capita under mm-hmm. capitalism. Mm-hmm. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The, this meritocracy of value and service is actually well captured mm-hmm. by, by capital and understanding, financializing value exchange, and it, it works. It's not perfect. There are other stakeholders, mm-hmm. and we can upgrade, and mm-hmm. the current marketplace doesn't really operate on pure capitalism. It operates on more of a conscious capitalism mm-hmm. that has stakeholder economics um, over shareholder economics, and there's conscious consumerism and things. But So we're actually not in pure capitalism anymore. We just haven't mm-hmm. linguistically updated. Mm-hmm. So so the 20-somethings mm-hmm. fresh out of college are still pointing at capitalism bad. Mm-hmm. Proxy for, I need to rebel against my parents mm-hmm. and assert myself in the world. Mm-hmm. Natural process mm-hmm. after neurological puberty in your early 20s to do that. Mm-hmm. Run your own software and then have that dark night of the soul. or that mm-hmm. uh, There's a period of where your psychology has run its own operating system for about seven or eight years and then you're at 28, mm-hmm. 30 years and you have a bit of a hard time. Some error messages start showing mm-hmm. up. Some things are happening in your experience and you got to patch the bugs in the, mm-hmm. the programming um, and that's a natural thing. Mm-hmm. That's where parental uh, forgiveness, completion uh, happens. That's usually where a lot of uh, prodigal sons and daughters come home for the first time is late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole in landmark you're having a completion with your parents, um, and then you become really who you are in the world, and your family of origin and your biological parents are now friends, colleagues, community members mm-hmm. with deep biological uh, roots together. Mm-hmm. But you're now an equal, like an eye to eye, and you may have mm-hmm. friends older than your parents, mm-hmm. and you may have friends with children your age, mm-hmm. and this is where you're a fully operative individual.
0: Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that in because yeah. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your journey, you know, with your gender yeah. and how that played because that's I know that's yeah. been a big part of your journey.
1: Yeah, and and, and and so I think a really important piece here is um is it intolerance versus condoning versus shame. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of fuel for this one. Yeah, go um, for it. <laughs> Shame is an internal perspective, and then you see it out in the world, and you project it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you're shaming anyone, unconsciously mm-hmm. or consciously, mm-hmm. look in the mirror first, mm-hmm. right? Because it's likely some part of you, or so, so there would be some, there had been a part of me that mm-hmm. I was shaming and therefore repressing, mm-hmm. that then was um, on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. So I would cross that fear and then experience the taboo and the excitement, and then. Become addicted to it because the fear was holding a, a barrier. So then I my, my my identity, my personality, and then this taboo, secret, sh- shameful thing mm. on the other side of fear that I did alone. So, what was that? So for for me, that was you know when I would when I was young, I would uh, I would read um, I would read stories, uh, and I wouldn't say it was like literotic, I would say I would read stories um, that were like fit for girls. Mm-hmm. And I was into it, and I was like read like um, romance novels, yeah, like by young. I like, guess is like eleven year old, and and then and I I had sisters, and I loved like the piano and gymnasts and all of this. Yeah, the feminine side. Yeah, so so I, I thought painting was great. I would paint miniatures, Warhammers, and I would mm. paint competitions, and then I found flow states in in painting sunsets and whatnot. Um, but before painting really centered. I was uh, I was just wanting to play piano with my sisters and go to the gymnastics courses, but no, I had to mow the lawn, which took twelve hours every weekend, <laughs> um, and work on the tractors or and weed whack under the fence line, which yeah, took another. You gotta six be months. a cowboy with yeah. your dad. Bail hay. Yeah. Um, You're and, like I
0: always want to dance. Too. Yeah. I wanted to like
1: do tumblebees. I wanted to do yeah. um, like backflips and stuff. And I I found um, I saw like Mrs. Doubtfire. I saw um, Tootsie and these. Was like, like men dressing as women. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, wait, what is this? And then I just found a story about like, a young boy who like, dressed up like one of his sisters. Mm-hmm. And then his sisters came home with their friends, and his sister just played it off. And I'm like, this is my sister. And then he was accepted into the girls' club. Hmm. And I was... Intrigued. It, all the taboo and excitement was like, wait, what? I could, I could not have to mow? I could yeah. not have to. I could paint all this. I could yeah. I could just sit inside and read books. Not, but it was never. My <laughs> sisters weren't feminine like that. No, no, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Because your
0: feminine could be expressed. Yeah, and yeah. I could have
1: belonging. Didn't really think much of it. Heterosexual, great. I think I went on a date for the first time in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had stable. I was in a long term relationship for from sophomore year of high school to beginning of senior year. Mm-hmm. And I was like that captain of the wrestling team. Uh, One of the captains of the rugby team, and I played Mm -hmm. like a very—we were a very competitive football team, and I Mm -hmm. was a fullback and outside linebacker. So I was in like a pretty high social status in that Mm -hmm. world, and was seen as a stable as a man, yeah, Mm -hmm. and was comfortable in that, and have always been. Mm -hmm. Um, Then in college, I was—I found um, meditation, and then uh, self. Uh, guided meditations and then self-hypnosis mm-hmm. and I got into consciousness altering um, through hypnosis and these deep states of presence mm-hmm. and didn't think much of it but when I when it wasn't doing the thing with all the stress of, of being in in school I found erotic self-hypnosis mm-hmm. which is like audio porn basically mm-hmm. it, you get into a trance and they have an imaginary experience of having sex mm-hmm. And I was so, it was really exciting. It was recorded. Yeah, you know, I found system. these sites and and you'd, okay. you'd get into this trance and then you'd have like an orgasm with the guided meditation. And yeah. I got really into that and and it was kind of my little addiction at mm-hmm. night. And, it, and one of the things that it did was often you were the man and the woman and And you would then, you would be like having sex then you would be receiving sex. And these journeys were very mystic in nature, very kind of Mm -hmm. hermeticism. And and, and there's a lot of technology going on that I had no idea about. Um, and I was really excited by like receiving my own energy, Mm -hmm. even though I'm not in the world wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. So I got to be the feminine in Mm -hmm. these hypnotic experiences. And then I got really confused, um, and I, I, I didn't go too much with it because I um, I lost. I, I went too much into just the hypnosis in general. So I didn't go too much into the gender stuff. But I, I did like a three-day stint of not sleeping and doing this all night. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of losing stability. Mm-hmm. And I had to go take sleeping meditation, medication and talk to a doctor. But like, okay, I've triggered some kind of... It, it's called a scythe. Mm-hmm. It's when you have a dream when you're awake. You just have to have a REM cycle. Because your brain can't take in any more sensations. Mm -hmm. So it has to like artificially REM cycle and put in a dream in your waking consciousness. So it puts in a hallucination. Mm -hmm. Um, And at 87 hours of being awake without sleeping and your body, your brain actually begins to die. Mm -hmm. So I was at this like 60 something hour point and it was scary. Mm -hmm. So I have no mental health issues um, and I didn't get a diagnosis. But they said this is like an acute onset um like hallucinatory experience from sleep deprivation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i then learned about sleep hygiene mm-hmm. i was really good uh meditation long distance running solid mental health and i started finding tim ferriss mm-hmm. in 2010 4 hour work week wasn't out yet mm-hmm. i found him Hoff mm-hmm. cold exposure and i graduated college and traveled the world and i had a long term relationship with a woman who i intended to have children with and get married mm-hmm. um she goes away to uh, a con- she works for a think tank, and she was doing a conference, so she was away for a month, And I was lonely, so I went back to that hypnosis, erotic audio. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the technology had evolved. I didn't know this, but the whole transgender movement was happening, and these hypnosis were really like putting ideas in your head in my head that I was a woman and that was what was like wrong in my life was that I was a woman and if I just accepted that I was a woman then everything would make sense and I didn't really quite accept that but I understood that there were feminine aspects of myself to express mm-hmm. and I had some resonance of this idea because it was a get out of jail free card because it was a avoid all of the responsibility of being a man in the world hmm. avoid all of these criticisms that you've accepted about the patriarchy being evil and be the change you want to see in the world mm-hmm. I now understand those criticisms are, are very critiquable. Mm-hmm. And I am an advocate for like, a, like gender balance. Mm-hmm. And I believe that patriarchy has done a whole lot of good in the world. Mm-hmm. You ever driven on a road before? <laughs> like, like, a man probably built that. <laughs> thanks for the lights and the <laughs> yeah. electricity and the plumbing. Yeah. Like, the yeah. heating in this room right and now. 99.9% of all military casualties are male. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's it's it's... And 4% of males have the wealth in the world. So 96% of men do not have that, you know, they're not that financial king that the feminist ideology points to them as. Most men are grinding it, nicotine addiction, to, to mm-hmm. get through the day. Um, when
0: all this is a, is a both and, you're just, you're, you're laying out the polarities. Yeah. Because this is a both and, this whole conversation. Yeah. So I but ran away saying, from masculinity. Yeah, you ran from it. And that. and I yeah. ran away
1: from it and and in this loneliness, I ran away from it and then I started seeing a therapist and they were they they were saying like you should explore this gender and I I did. So I just wore tighter pants. And I was like, "All right, I'm going to be a little bit more punk style." And mm-hmm. then I was very much interested in ethics. So what can I do? I found a lot of these LGBT people who were kicked out of their houses and on the streets, and I just started working in homeless services.
0: Just real quick, did you, as you were going down this path, did that, did that feel? I assume it felt right to to be going down that journey, or was it more like intellectually you were trying to be the change that you thought you needed to be? Yeah, was I was trying to. Or was it?
1: Yeah. So I was a consciousness explorer, mm-hmm. um, and I understood like meditation, ecstatic practices, cold exposure. And I understood that there was something more there, mm-hmm. and then I knew that the new tech. That wasn't around in ancient times. It was biotech, mm-hmm. so I was excited by everything from nootropics to psychedelics to um, like hormone therapy mm-hmm. as ways to augment the embodiment, to to refine the signal.
0: And you thought going down this road of, of going deep into the feminine would help you open up your channel? Exactly. Open up the channel. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I also was just like, what's possible
1: with the human body if mm-hmm. I just let go of all the, the things that everybody else is afraid of and actually go deep dive in on yeah. this in this one lifetime? So it was all like a devotional act yeah. to source, to God, and exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to downstream deal with the social impacts and policy impacts around identities. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really do the identity game. Mm-hmm. But I did have immense empathy, and I was more like a Johnny Depp character, mm-hmm. you know, a little like Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like I'm a woman. I was just like I'm an artist.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but Were, then did you identify as queer, maybe or not something really? Or no, no I was okay. a straight dude. But yeah. it was then that I started being in these ideologies with a zeitgeist,
0: these communities, mm-hmm. because you're in working.
1: Baltimore City. There was a lot of. Social justice warriors who really amplified that white male, straight male is the root of all evil, and and I and I was externally referencing my values mm-hmm. off this community. Yeah. So then I started internalizing those values.
0: Going deeper, and
1: then I started. Okay, well maybe um, I should just remove the masculinity, neutralize that inside of myself, and I just did that. And I started kind of learning nonviolent communication and learning authentic relating. Mm-hmm and then having um like a, more of a, a sensation based sexuality like not i'm not going to i'm not an inseminator i'm a sensual being and it was uh where i started uh, exploring more like wearing women's shirts was like if gender is Iggy Pop is a famous um mm-hmm. musician and he's like he wears women's he cross dresses sometimes and he's mm-hmm. like to be a woman is honorable therefore wear women's clothes is honorable mm-hmm. right and you also say it's not shameful to be a woman it's not shameful to wear women's clothes mm-hmm. i was like that yeah wow and it's hard for me to do that so i should work on that
2: mm-hmm.
1: so i would i like went out and like did cross-dressed mm-hmm. and with some friends and it was interesting because once i realized people were reading me as a woman i was just like oh that was easy
0: It's very psychological and very magician archetype. And it's also like connecting it with Wim Hof and like cold water immersion. It's kind of like that, like going straight into the opposite, the darkness, the unknown. Mm. Like I, Mm. I could, I I relate actually to some of this. I didn't go as far as I know you're going to keep sharing Yeah, but like there's so many things you're speaking of that like have been a part of my journey of like, what is my conditioning and what am I truly? Mm. And, yeah, how do I know, like, what my preferences are, any of these things, without going there? So yeah. Quick, just wanted to throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, but... appreciate
1: it. To anchor it into yeah. a relatable experience, I essentially, um, cross-dressing is like a performance. And when when I achieved a stealth in that, mm-hmm. it was like I was a whole other person. Mm-hmm. Escapism. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It was persp- it was a new persona, so the chance to mm-hmm. create a new self and, 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 and like perform that. But then it was also this mm-hmm. b- reflection back at like how had I been being as a man, mm-hmm. and then I got to then go you know take off my go back to who I'm being in the day, mm-hmm. and it was I can do better mm-hmm. now knowing what it looks like to be in a group of men from outside. I can do a lot better inside mm-hmm. this group of men. So I, I started refining my my uh, my gender dynamic in that and became much more aware of the, the the experience of women through that alone but then when I started um looking in, at, at what is hormones it wasn't let's become a female it was let's become uh, I was actually interested in more transhumanism mm-hmm. and what's possible with our species and this is techno naturalism is a value set around biodiversity that means not just earth biodiversity but cosmic biodiversity and how can we be a multiplanetary species mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of proper futurism in this space and I was like well to do that we need to have um, a little more control over reproductive technology and mm-hmm. there's a whole school so I was basically a transhumanist mm-hmm. and and uh, I was like let's do the hard thing and enter this world of futuristic embodiment and that was it once I started that um, and I would already wearing like tight jeans and tight shirts in kind of the lesbian community I guess I was in the queer community because I was just not really looking like a macho man in a sense then not looking like a standard straight man and not hanging out with standard straight consciousness mm-hmm. and culture I just started every once in a while being read as a woman mm-hmm. and it was interesting and then I, I was like well I don't mind it and I felt like there was a lot of growth there, mm-hmm. so I followed the exploration of what would this look like to transition. I didn't yet understand that I was running away from masculinity. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand there was escapism. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that there was trauma-, trauma in there somewhere that I was not processing, instead running away from. So I went, I ran very far away, mm-hmm. and I became a leader in the trans community. Became executive director of the Baltimore Transgender Alliance, and then became a, a voice and a lobbyist around uh, trans inclusion and also like. The the celebration of the expansion of gender Mm -hmm. and the freedom therein, Mm -hmm. and I advocated for this linguistic um, policies like changing language, and now I understand that that was a line crossed. Like language is a third-person process and it's Mm -hmm. diagnostic in the social fabric, and we should not force thought or speech onto another. Um, So I, I I I I've dialed back that that tactic, but I do think that. If someone wants to have an expansion of their gender, fine. As an adult,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I do not. Uh, my line in the sand was around the sovereignty of the authority of parents to raise a human being, their child, mm-hmm. and that children can't get tattoos mm-hmm. until they're eighteen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They, the access to castrating yourself mm-hmm. should be similarly prohibited until you're eighteen. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Did you always have that position, even after you transitioned? I was
1: always undecided on child ethics for child gender confirmation surgeries. Um, And then I didn't know enough about the endocrine system disruptions of puberty-suppressing technology. Mm -hmm. Now I do. And there's a developmental cascade of both physiological and psychological and social development that happens by going through these puberty, the IGF-1 secretion, you go through puberty phases and you bond with peer groups that are going through similar developmental mm-hmm. processes mm-hmm. and that forms your social conditioning, your psychological conditioning mm-hmm. in addition to your physiology. The transmedical community is only focused on the physiology. It's good mm-hmm. luck with the social and psychological and now mm-hmm. we see all of the downstream impacts of that because mm-hmm. you're interrupting the cascade of development and all of those rhythms yeah. and it just creates this like very liquid, amorphous and unstructured culture which is great if you want to make a a weak generation Mm -hmm. that has poor relationships
0: really quickly though i wanted to just to get back to your story so you were you went full on into it yeah you went through a full gender transition yeah
1: right slowly over years but i did ultimately reach that point Mm -hmm. um and it was because i just felt that i was losing access so when i was in between i couldn't go to yoga because i had a I looked like a woman, but then I had a penis. It was weird in mm-hmm. yoga pants. Mm-hmm. And I would it just felt weird. So I was like, okay, let me just... Externally reference. let me just blend in more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I want to have a vagina. It was, I want to just go to the beach again.
0: Well, and you as a leader in this movement, yeah. it's like suddenly there was a you had a role to play. Yeah. Like the character you created ended up creating you. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. So went all the way in and... Uh, and explored everything, because at that point, uh, the church would be, I was an advocate, um, and I was active in the Jesuit uh, community around LGBT uh, policy and stance. Mm -hmm. So there there was a, um, Father Jim Martin, writes a book, I think it's called Bridges, and it's about Jesuit faith and LGBTQ inclusion. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I was talking with the, my high school and college about these issues. And mm-hmm. I was a bit of a consultant around the space. Mm-hmm. So I felt that I was you know, still living in harmony with the spirit of the religion. Although some interpretations felt that I was um, defiling the body or defiling mm-hmm. the temple. Right. So mm-hmm. I had to relate to that a lot. And I'd go on conservative talk radio and have these discussions. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I did that and um, and then it wasn't really until uh, plant medicine, personal development, working with coaches, and then seeing in the world the conditional belonging mm-hmm. of these communities that I I was canceled um, by some of the lesbian communities for um, a nuance around policy and incarcerated mm-hmm. populations mm-hmm. and. Uh, then the spiritual community is also critiqued by the, those who are really attached to trauma. So a lot of the LGBT community doesn't like the spiritual community mm-hmm. because they kind of leave the accountability on the individual as opposed to yeah, putting they, it on a system.
0: They, they hold up a mirror. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and uh, I started getting um, people would project onto me that I had this superiority because I was on my healing journey and, and working on myself. Where they were, they wanted to be. Where they were.
0: Was this during that same time period you referenced earlier, like late twenties, early thirties? Yeah, all this was probably twenty six. The programming that you thought, you yeah, graded was imploding mm-hmm. in your healing exactly. journey. Suddenly, you're recognizing all these patterns around you where you were not actually yourself.
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Wow. Um, and and it was getting into the formulas. I was running, or running away from responsibility and accountability, mm-hmm. escaping. Right, the, the mission I've signed up for in this life, right, mm-hmm. and and then coming back to that and moving through the shame and you know I I'd lost a lot of friends and community when I transitioned. Then transitioning back, they were it was like, like will you take me back? And and many people would no, they said no, no, you you, you burn this bridge, brother, mm-hmm. or whatever you are. Yeah. Um, and you know to the credit of the friends that did stick around, like I really understand the amount of work that took, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then I also have been I've been doing a lot of work to understand and be accountable for my decisions and and there's no regret. I learned a lot in the school of the feminine in this school. I was in women's communities, women's circles. I was in women's Tantra experiences. I was in um, women's personal development. You were, containers. You
2: were a woman mm-hmm. yeah, you and were I traveled the
1: world as a woman. Um, and I learned a lot about what it means to walk home from a bar at night and you throw your phone, throw your wallet. And they they don't go for that. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want that. They want your body. It's a very different position in the social contract to have a female body. And most people can't tell that it's surgically created or not. So social functioning was a woman, mm-hmm. while technically and biologically I was a, a eunuch, mm-hmm. castrated male mm-hmm. with cosmetic appearance of a female. Mm-hmm. So I think now there's a, a lack of integrity in the in the medical community around what the trans technology the trans surgical technology does. We mm-hmm. don't create a female out of a male body. We don't create a male out of a female body with these surgeries. We create a we castrate an individual mm-hmm. and we create a cosmetic man or woman. Mm-hmm. And that is or is not accepted by the culture mm-hmm. based on the culture's values. Yeah. And that's as it should be. So we can celebrate expression and you can get a tattoo. You can put a third arm on your back. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. and I celebrate your ability to explore life because you are life. Already always happening. Mm-hmm. Um but you, we are also accountable to the impact of our choices in the world. So we're not oppressed for getting a tattoo. Mm-hmm. We're not oppressed for getting breast implants. We're not oppressed for taking mm-hmm. testosterone in a female body and growing a beard. Mm-hmm. We are expressing our freedom that mm-hmm. was fought for. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. needs to be, that is the way it's said. Like the, mm-hmm. I'm open to upgrading that perspective. But I think that it's critical to have uh, freedom. And, and that, that's really, really costs.
0: And it goes on both sides. Like, yeah, you're advocating for all sides there, you know? Yeah. And, like, that is... that is, Yeah, that, I think that really resonates. And I yeah. quickly just wanted to, yeah. to wrap your story, though, yeah. in... You know, when was the moment that you officially... You know when did it totally switch yeah yeah
1: there was a point where i i built a software company for homeless services client management and i built Mm -hmm. the wearable device design firm around embodiment and jewelry with biometric sensors and i was living this the transhumanist lifestyle that and i built a house in baltimore and crystal gridded it and had been in my plant medicine ceremonies and had started my landmark work and some of my tony robbins work and was starting to get like that there was some Something that I hadn't processed it was off. Yeah. yeah, And I remember waking up in my bed with a beautiful girlfriend, um, and you know, I'm sitting there, like, had all of the features, the breasts, I had the, the, the body, I had the, the hair, and then and I had a supermodel next to me, and I was nowhere to be found. I wasn't there. This character that I'd built to win the culture status game was living as me in my body in my, in my house. In the, their house. It wasn't my house. And I was like, okay, I, I don't think I'm going to inject my hormones this week. And I'm just going to just stop this game for a minute and just see. I wasn't like, I'm, an, I'm a man. I was, I was like, I am going to pause and just catch my breath here. And I noticed my heart rate variability started going up. My meditation started getting clear. And I was I'm not going to do this again. So I did a whole year without hormones. Hmm. And in that clarity, and then working with the Santo Daime community and the ayahuasca tradition, I really got into the sacredness of lineage and started to understand this current of life flowing through generations and how we're stewards of that and his responsibility in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided to dissolve my companies, sell my house, go to Bali, had a whole experience there where I... I got the name Coda, which means in music when the song begins to repeat. Mm. So it was John Ava Coda. And this Coda is the integration of masculine and feminine. Mm. And I started deep on those the healing of that. I found myself in the Amazon. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was a point where, right before the Amazon, where a, a high priest had me at his house in Bali for for a full day, and he asked you a bunch of questions, got clear that I had no idea what my name was, I had no idea what my favorite color was, I had no idea what I wanted. He mm. said, what do you want to do right now? And I said, I want to ride a motorcycle around this island. Mm. And he said, go do that. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, I have not come back from that ride. <laughs> and we went to the jungle, and then the jungle again, and then... I got invited to the Sundance, which is a men's spiritual tradition, which then built my masculinity up. I started having testosterone back in my body, and then joined men's circles here. Mm-hmm. I've been very conscious. And you surgically had your breast removed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dealt with that. Yeah, I had to do the the reversal surgeries, um, and you know, I'll be I'll be talking more about. Uh, Getting support with the final stages of that is pretty mm-hmm. expensive because I'm not re- I'm not using insurance. I, there's a lack of integrity if I say that I have um, I got a, a, a gender dysphoria condition mm-hmm. and that the government must pay for my psychological treatment.
0: That feels out of integrity. It
1: because you. that feels as though it's a medical condition and not a free choice expression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a big difference.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd never felt oppressed. Mm-hmm. I've always felt exploratory and courageous. Mm-hmm. And have some battle scars from mm-hmm. the adventure. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's made me more of a holistic man in the world. Mm-hmm. And now, when I talk about masculinity, having been in the feminine, mm-hmm. I understand why the practice of discipline is important. Why it's important to pick up a shovel and dig the well. Why it's important to help my father have wood for the fire on the farm. Right? And why it's important to be spiritually banked in a church community Mm -hmm. so you can have someone who is specialized in the spiritual layer, not just the psychology and the therapy, about these decisions around our body and our relation to others and most importantly, our relationship to our source. So, you know, when, when fa- families bring me their, their trans kids, I work with the parents a lot on what, what's happening. And then I, I, I'm also, I can help out some of the young folks too. And some of the ad- adults that are looking mm-hmm. at this, this as a possibility in their life. And to just introspection mm-hmm. coming in here. Um, because when we really arrive here, there's nothing to do. Nothing to change. (laughs) Um, Trust me, I I, I tried it all.
0: (laughs) It's always been right here, for sure.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. Everything we're looking for, for sure. You know, I just want to ask too. um, Yeah, what, how you support these people now, and just in general, I'd love to. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to share as we're wrapping up, just a little bit of the work you do. Yeah,
1: for anyone interested. So I. This whole time I was building businesses and then I moved into investment private equity and then some fund of funds work mm-hmm. I've always had a line of sight on real frontier technologies and understand how to structure deals mm-hmm. and the psychology of teams and relationships and strategy. so mm-hmm. always relationships I became an expert in relationships through relationship to self mm-hmm. and now because of the content of my story folks are coming to me with a, with gender or sexuality or maybe some you know content with the, maybe pornography addictions and things mm-hmm. and I'm we're working with that mm-hmm. at the deep inner level but mm-hmm. we make one shift down here mm-hmm. massive shifts up there mm-hmm. so I really love working with individuals who are up to something world-changing like mm-hmm. new vehicles new consumer devices new software new real powerful stuff or really important stuff mission-driven entrepreneurs mm-hmm. And I go in and de-armor and talk about relationship to self, mm-hmm. gender and polarity. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot of one to one work, where I can be that guide for these entrepreneurially mission oriented entrepreneurs mm-hmm. on the deep work. Um, and uh, you know, deep study in qigong, obviously very literate in the in the plant medicine work and can guide in that. Um, and I'm trained in hypnosis and. Zeg Forum and a couple other modalities that I can roll out as needed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And where can people find you? Yeah, it's codapip.com just okay. You can put the link just K O D A H P I P, as in purple. Um, and, uh, and that's I tend to put out some blogs on there, and my Instagram is personal, but I'm putting a little more uh, content out there as far as the blogs and mm-hmm. my thoughts on some current events. And uh, yeah, come check it out
0: awesome man well I appreciate you dropping in with me today and sharing your story with the listeners here and with myself Uh, thank you again brother thank you so much for all the medicine that you carry for your story uh, for your courage and just your willingness to continue stepping into the unknown and being someone right on the frontiers of this evolution we're undergoing as humans I really see you in that yeah, so, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, an,
1: it's an honor to be here and mm-hmm. you know uh, if uh, give immense credit to part of the Sterling Men's Dojo here mm-hmm. I want to just cite my sources on that and then the Lakota Sundance has been an you know, anchor in this transformation mm-hmm. if people want to learn more about that I'm happy to talk um, mm-hmm. there, there, there's an invitation if there's a resonance mm-hmm. so first it's a discovery call um, but thank you for the creating this and creating the space, and I look forward to the
0: the future adventures. Brother, yeah, brother. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. See you next time. Blessings.